So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got, one goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Well, you know, one goddamn hit isn't so bad sometimes. I, I wish we had one goddamn hit on the podcast. Bad way. You can't say goddamn on the air, man. Uh, come on, who cares? Nobody's listening. Just, just like just like Bob said there. Nobody's listening, <laughs> Nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> Somehow, 102 episodes later. Anyway, welcome I back. Wi- I, I wish someone would come and complain about our content, Drew. <laughs> welcome back. This is The Last Row Podcast. This is episode 102. Woo! If you're looking for a website, thelastrowpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Last Row Pod, Facebook, Spotify. Head out to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser. Please consider leaving us a five-star review if you're enjoying the show. Thanks to everyone that left one. 102 episodes later, and it's baseball season? Baseball season? Major League Baseball season. 1989, April 7th. That's May. Mm. That's my birthday. That's a, that's a special day, that's man. my birthday. I was five years old. This movie came out. Saw it in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> as a wee la- as a wee lad as a wee lad rated r mom took me you know <laughs> i like that any movie after april 7th 1984 i've seen in the theater yeah we're gonna stick by that genre sports slash comedy slash baseball directed by david sward david s ward i'm sorry david do you know how david s ward is connected to the last row podcast Drew? i do not well, he wrote a little movie called The Program, which we did Ooh, back in our past. Go the listen. Program. You know, we did that last in 2021. The Program. The Program. Yeah. And he had directed Major League Two. And uh, he also directed The Program, you know. And then he kind of like, you know, fell off. That's fell okay. off the earth. See, I That's forgot. Right. Like, and this is this is how my memory works these days. We we have this famous director, David Sward here, and I don't David remember Sword. any <laughs> of his movies. Sword, I don't remember you know. any of them. Yeah. yeah. Swordsman. Uh, so let's get into the ratings here. IMDb, 7.2 out of 10. It's about, it's about right. right. Rotten Tomato, 83%. It's about right. It's about right. Maybe a little too high. Metacritic, 62%. Too low. Too low. It was enjoyable. Letter, <laughs> letterbox, 3.5 out of 5. I'm surprised. I, I liked it. I liked high. it. A solid 3 out of 5 would have done. The point five. Let's not go overboard. You forgot the runtime, man. There's, there's a runtime? Yeah. There's One hour, room. 46 minutes. Too high. About right. Just about right. Slightly too, too high. high. <laughs> too high. Slightly too high. So the the final the final game uh, was like a half hour almost. Yeah, <laughs> so it was a bit too long. They could have cut. They could have. They could have cut it. A half hour cut. of baseball yeah. for me is a little yeah. too much. You know. So yeah. come on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> baseball itself is an inherently long sport. So yeah. the fact that we got that minute in under the, the movie in in under two hours, not so bad. I'm surprised this movie wasn't 162 games long. Yeah. Right. So you yeah. know. Yep. Hell of a season. So eight, eight months long. Yeah. <laughs> the new owner of the Cleveland Indians, the Cleveland Indians, Drew. Can't say Do you know, uh, now starting this season in 2022, uh, they're called the Guardians now. They just switched. Are you serious? Yeah, they just switched. I didn't on. know that. Yeah, why would I lie? No, yeah, they're the Guardians. They finally made the switch. Former showgirl Rachel Phelps has a sweetheart deal to move the team to Miami. But to break the lease with the city of Cleveland, ticket sales have to plummet. So Phelps hires the most incompetent players available, including a near-blind pitcher, Rick Vaughn. That's, <laughs> that's great, one way to put a, it. That's a great way to put it. An injury-prone catcher, Jake Taylor, to say to, to, to put it lightly, injury-prone. 
but her villainous tactics accidentally foster a can-do team spirit, turning the Indians into potential winners. Man, where's Rated Chet R. Stedman at when you need him? <laughs> they got they got a there was I guess the old Billy Bob looking pitcher was like the closest you could get to Chet Stedman, but yeah. I gotta find a way to work in the Chet Stedman sound clip that we had from back in like episode forty one. I'll get it for you. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were throwing up or throwing your arm out. Same thing. Same thing. You need the guitar wailing in the back. I'll I'll find a way to put it in. That that was a really well-written synopsis. Good job. job, That's a good one there. Yeah. Yeah. Taglines. When these three oddballs try to play hardball, the result is totally screwball. Who are the three? Who are the three oddballs? There's a lot of guys. There's only three guys on a baseball team. Let's not even dissect it. Terrible. Next. A comedy with bats and balls. Uh, that's that's a winner. What are the bats? But that's, what are the that's bats? That's a winner. I mean, the, the baseball bats, I yeah. guess. I didn't know if they were trying to make the, like a little bit of a thing there. Batshit crazy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Financials, $11 million, which is like according to 2022 with inflation calculations, $25 million, So it's a yeah. decent sized budget. And the world, cumulative worldwide gross was around $49.7 million estimated, which equates to about $113 million today. Not bad. Yeah, for a comedy, I mean, nice, that's a nice little chuck of change there. Pretty good. And what, what year was what year was uh, slaps a uh, slap shot? That was in the eighties oh, too. Man. I forgot Are what year sure? it was. It might have been like seventy nine ish, seventy seven, I think, or something. Yeah, right? some maybe late seventies. So this is like 10, yeah. 12 years later. But yeah. you know, you're right. Like we'll talk more about that in a second. But this thing was nominated for an award, man. I don't know if you know. Back in back in eighty nine, was it um, a BAFTA? No, it wasn't a BAFTA. Okay, it All wasn't right. an act. It wasn't an American Academy Awards. So this was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film in the awards of the Japanese Academy in 1990. Uh, yeah. And let, l- listen to the movies. So this thing was in, so it was a J- Japanese award nominated for essentially foreign film. Look at what it was up against. It was up against Black Rain with Michael Douglas, Indiana Jones of the Last Crusade, Rain Man with freaking mm. Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman, and it lost to Die Hard. But like, what is... I'm it's not like, saying this is a bad movie, but one of these things is not like the other. Yes. Right? And it's you know? it's just very interesting you know? to me. Like I'm the not Japanese, saying it's bad. <laughs> they love their baseball, apparently. They love I mean, I guess that's what it is because it is yeah. a, a Japanese baseball is a very popular sport there, but it's very interesting to me. So anyway, not to linger on that, but something that really blew me away that I realized when you and I were talking about this pre-show, I've seen the second one probably, you know, 10 times more than this. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen this in a really long time. And I, I kind of forgot the spring training scenes and all that stuff. But Major League Two, to me, is such a classic movie that I've seen growing up so many times. Yeah. I did not realize this is rated R. That movie's mm-hmm. PG. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. I well, had no I, idea. I didn't. I did not know that. But like, I, I guess I get it now. Because really, if you look at this movie... If you take away like two or three f bombs and um, one, you know, stand up nude scene, it really is. There's nothing. There's nothing vulgar about it. So there's a lot I of dude ass in this, isn't it? Yeah, Locker room that's ass. true. But like, they, you know, they could have. You know, there's it's some not non sexual. Like, yeah. yeah, locker room ass is non sexual yeah. ass. Couple man thongs, couple cup shots, <laughs> cup shots. For sure. Do you think like there's a stigma on a movie for being PG for a movie like Major League? Yes. Don't you think they should have put an extra shit or two in yes. there to make it PG thirteen? Because, uh, but I guess at that time, I don't remember what year that came out. Wasn't PG thirteen? Ninety three. I forgot when PG thirteen was invented. 
but it was there was a period of time where it was either oh, PG please. or R, right? It wasn't PG thirteen was, was certainly invented in the eighties. I don't remember you know. the year that it was. The but, Major League Two was did not, you know, it was in the nineties. Totally, it was totally a PG thirteen worthy. I mean, which one's your favorite of all the series? Like, which, which I, one would you say is the best? I feel like two is, but that's probably due to childhood and again, like you seeing it more than the other one. The first one is is uh you know more of a serious movie with with a real plot and a romantic story that and and it and it touches on adult themes you know whereas Major League Two is more like on the field slapstick yeah and then you got and then you got like a half brained uh, Charlie Sheen uh, love interest story that kind of like takes up some space as well. The thing with the first one that stuck out to me was I, I forgot how serious of a movie it was because the second mm. one is slapstick and the yeah. third one is just ridiculous which. It's ridiculous in a good way, in my opinion. Yeah, I really like the third one, but I uh, I forgot how serious this movie was. But I, it just well, yeah. blew me away that two was PG. Yeah, it's just that you, you talk about the main character Jake Taylor just being over the hill, having one last run, and desperately trying to get back with his former former lover. I mean, desperately that's you, is one yeah. way to put it. Yeah, and it's like it's sad, and like that's really kind of the serious where you get the seriousness from it. That's kind of gives the movie its kind of drama tone. To go with the comedy. So so we've done a couple movies on this show about baseball. We've done Angels in the Outfield, I believe it was in the 70s. It might have been 71. We've done Rookie of the Year, which I believe was episode 41. We've done a bunch of other sports movies on the podcast. And I think there's a consistent theme that you see throughout these movies. It always centers around a team that just is it's terrible, like awful, oh, yeah. right? Losing's funny. Winning is not funny. Winning's boring. And when you look at, I just want to ask you a couple questions about a team that sucks. Now, I'll, I'll, everyone on this show, everyone that listens to this show or has been listening to this show knows that I am not a baseball aficionado. Not a right? baseball I'm a guy. casual fan. I'm a casual baseball I, fan. I don't even know if I'd call you a casual baseball fan. I, I watch it when I'm with you, I guess. If I, I feel if like if I, if I had to take you to a baseball game, I feel like I'd have to pay you something or, or do a favor for you to get you into the stadium. I like going to have a beer, hanging out with you guys when whenever we would go. It was fun to me. Like I like the event of going, but mm-hmm. watching it on TV, I'm not yeah. really going to watch. Unless it's the playoffs. Yeah, around the bottom of the six, you're like, all right, let's wrap this up. Yeah, I'll, let's, I'll be, let's I mean, go. Come on. Can we, can do we, are, we like, do, are we doing the full nine? Because yeah, that seems like do- a lot. That seems like a lot. If one, if one team's winning, you know, what if they just cut <laughs> it off right now. They're not going to blow it. It's nine to six. They're not going to blow it. Let's just go. No, I, mean, I, I enjoy the sport to a degree, but there's nothing more torturous to me than being stuck watching a bad team, right? A bad baseball team. Mm-hmm. So when you think about like a really crappy baseball team, yeah, what would you, or maybe it's just sports in general, like what do you think the hardest bad team sport to watch is and and maybe we can talk about announcer maybe we talk about other things but like which one would you call it it's definitely baseball like it's not even close because there's so many of them right yeah just imagine okay just imagine like you going into the office for a whole summer and just doing a terrible job (laughs) you go in you know imagine (laughs) you you know you're gonna suck at your job you're gonna fail at your job for 162 straight days (laughs) just imagine Eight months, even longer. <laughs> you, just keep, you just keep showing up and you keep failing every day. Yeah. I mean, that's what this is. And like, so I, I don't know, but if you're a player, right? I guess if you're, so what's worse? If you're if you're an all-star player on a really crappy team and they're just bad yeah. and you're just, I guess maybe you could be a guy trying to get your stats. You're it's just like, trying oh, to get your next not, contract. It's, it's not my fault. It's not my fault we lost. I was, I was three for three. 
but if you're like a bad player, I mean, think about let's. I'll give you a scenario, right? Let's say you're some relief pitcher, and mm-hmm. you're probably not going to play at all, and you yeah. have to go to all 162 games, and you're you're just hanging out in the bullpen, or you're you're sitting in the dugout, I guess, probably the bullpen if you're a relief pitcher, and you're just mm-hmm. chilling in there. Can you bring like a magazine or something? Like, can you read? You know what? What are you, you allowed might to be do? able to read? Like, I feel like. You don't need to be watching the game. You don't do need you? to pay attention to the game if you're a if you're a relief pitcher. I feel because it's what happens earlier in the game has nothing to do with your scenario when you come up the pitch, right? You just got to get guys out. Like you know the scouting report. All right, you know this guy's three for three and he's hit the slider a couple times. Anybody could just tell you that. You don't have to watch it. So I feel like they're so far away anyway, like literally far away from the, from the action. It's all the way in, in the in the in the you know beyond the wall. That you don't have to pay attention. I feel like they could be doing whatever they want. Do they have like a TV back there? Can they? Are they watching the game on a TV? Are they? Now, do they have is, anything in there? Now there is like a quote unquote boss back there. There is the bullpen coaches back yeah. there. So it's not like it's like they're sitting there by themselves. You know, maybe that guy's bored too but, because he's but just that, waiting. If, if that guy is bored, if he's cool, then hey, then all bets are off. They could like, be they could be playing video games. They could be watching, you know, more more. Um, you know, entertaining baseball games. If this game sucks, <laughs> Imagine yeah, them put, watching yeah, a different game. Let's back put the there. Yankees on. You know, this Tigers game sucks. You know that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> that's hilarious to me. Like the idea of them watching another game yeah. because they're so bored. Yeah. I mean, can you? You can't bring like a phone back there or something, right? Like you're not allowed to have electronics. Oh, I, I think yeah, that's probably on. illegal. Yeah. Well, I guess you can't have live TV on because then I guess you could be like watching the signals or whatever. But anyways, but yeah, can they bring like, a book. I, but yeah, watching the game's overrated. I've played baseball in, in uh, you know, I've 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 played uh, you know, semi pro as in zero pro as <laughs> what are they called? Like my, Legion, American Legion? Oh, uh, not even. Yeah. What's the other little, ones? I don't even know what they're called. Uh, uh little league. I just just played little league, the you know, the peewees, the midgets. Was those. your coach like Lou Brown? <laughs> oh, he was an asshole. I I, <laughs> I had I feel like I've played for maybe like five or six baseball teams. And I've had like four assholes and two genuinely good guys. Yeah. But yeah. But anyways, like I've both started and rode the bench for various teams and sitting on the bench, man, like there's no need to watch the game sucks. But do your teammates get offended, right? Or is it? They don't care. Because I feel like, I don't know. Let me, let me tell you this. When I was starting, I I didn't give a shit if anybody (laughs) was watching or not. I'm, I'm paying attention to the game. I just, I just wonder, like, because you know, when you watch football, I guess most of the guys are watching on the screen or something, or they're looking at the plays, right? They're like, "What's yeah. coming next?" They're all kind of hanging out, and you're out in the open. Like, I don't know what I feel like. They're shielded in the bullpen, like they're they're in like yeah. a it's like a shack in some cases, yeah. unless they're yeah, on the really. one that's like where they're sitting on the lawn chairs, you know, or on the side. There isn't a real bullpen. Yeah, like some a, of the older stadiums, it's on the side. That's scary because you have to pay attention to get, get a line beamed. drive to the head. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what they're allowed to do, but maybe the play maybe the guys would get mad, but it just seems like it would be a torture. If you're on this team yeah. and you're in the bullpen, like get mm-hmm. get me out of here. Like I don't even think the money's worth yeah. it at that point. It's it's a slog. And like if you're on a bad football team, at least like you have to play hard or else you might get hurt. Because like, yeah, it's a full contact cut. physical sport. Same thing with hockey. And in basketball, if you're on a bad team, at least you could go for highlights or, you know. <laughs> individual stats or whatever because it's really you could make it an individual game if you want to like you you know yeah ask ask russell westbrook on some of the bad teams he's been on like you can just fill the stat sheet up you know james harden same deal just fill the stat sheet up at least you know get yourself some stats get some highlights get some notoriety because you, you know it doesn't really work that way in baseball 
you're on a bad team and you hit 40 homers, it's like, yeah, that guy had a great season, but nobody cares. Yeah, it's it's done, right? It's like whatever. Yeah, it's not really a you're not really in the public eye in the way like a, a great individual basketball player is. Or even like, I don't know, a superstar football player on a bad team. Like if you're a really great receiver that's on a crappy team, like you'll be more famous than the best baseball player on a bad team. That's that's a fair point. Yeah. What about what about an announcer, right? And maybe we could talk a little bit about oh, Harry yeah. Doyle, Bob Euchre, who is, Bob is crazy. Oh, yeah. He's great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're an announcer, right? So you you have to watch it, but you can't be bored, right? I mean, I guess you could yeah. physically be bored, but you have to Dude, pretend you're not bored. It's got to be the hardest job is to like imagine being like the pirates play by play guy, both on radio and TV. Yeah. You have to show up for 162, and you know that they're going to be bad the whole way through. And you have to like find little things to talk about for every game without being repetitive, or maybe you be repetitive and nobody notices. Oh, who knows? I don't know. Like I'm, I'm a fan. Of, we're we're in the Philadelphia area. We could say, and I'm a fan of the Phillies, and I feel like they do a good job. You know, they have a rotating cast of people ever since the the great Harry Callis passed. But like, I still like they do a good job of keeping the game somewhat interesting, even though even like in the in the, in the dog days of summer and all that. But like, what um, do they Harry talk Do- about in like the fifth inning? It's like the sixth. Like, what do you? Yeah, what do you? It's talk hard. About? It's hard to like not repeat topics, but the, you find a way. I don't know. I'm sure they have writers and and people that like pass along notes and topics. Like paper. Like yeah, if something happens, maybe they could bring up you know a time you know stats from the past or whatever. But really, Harry Doyle's use of alcohol is really probably the most realistic aspect of this thing. Now, I'm not saying getting drunk on the air or anything like that, but I am saying it probably to loosen yourself up. I feel like it was definitely done that way in the in the 70s, 80s, and, and beyond. Probably less so now, but I feel like you definitely need to use some alcohol, especially if you're a radio guy that's not even being shown on TV. I mean, I just think about just recently this past year, not even baseball, right? The the Eagles Bucks game. Troy Aikman was like just disgusted that he was stuck at that game and he didn't have <laughs> he wasn't able to watch like the other games. Yeah. Like he was he was like offended by the the, yeah. the poor play that was happening mm-hmm. and like he just wanted to be anywhere but that game right now. And he he made it like very abundantly clear. And I think yeah. like when I think about Bob Euchre and Harry Doyle, like he was trying to jazz up the broadcast. Like he had the the mic out in front of the the window and he was like making crowd noises to try to make it seem as if the game was more exciting than it was. Like mm-hmm. I thought he actually did a decent job at his job yeah. to try I mean, to make it more than it was. Those guys are definitely team employees, you know, the the home the home team announcers. It's not whereas Troy Aikman, he can he can keep it real. He can tell you the game sucks and it doesn't matter to him. <laughs> it's true. I mean, you know, and, and who knows, maybe Aikman's sipping on the sauce a little mm. bit too. But yeah. oh, how, how yeah. would you I think we talked about this. It, it might have been in our Angels in the Outfield episode. It might have been in in Rookie of the Year. We talked about Harry Doyle and and a bunch of famous announcers like Ranch Wilder and all these other guys. How would you rate Harry Doyle in in Major League One? What did you think of his performance? And, oh, I mean, and, I would and, love as it as an announcer. I would love it if he were my my team's announcer for sure. I mean, absolutely, he's he's up there all time. I mean, you talk about the real life people like Vin Scully and like I said, Harry Callis, Jack Buck, and then Joe Buck and all those guys. But yeah, we I, I want the I want him to lie to me. He's he's jazzing it up, you know, screaming line drive when it's a little dribbler, you know, just <laughs> a bit outside, you know. Balls go over the guy's head. The part with Rick, Rick, uh, Ricky Vaughn yeah. when he was like throwing like 12 wild pitches in a row. Yeah. How are these guys laying off these pitches? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, I thought he was great. And yeah. I just know him as the dad from Mr. Belvedere. That's that's mm. and I never knew he was a baseball announcer. I always thought he was like <laughs> a like a movie actor. I never realized yeah. he was actually the guy from the well, Brewers, guy, right? He can do so, it all, man. He can do it all. He's fantastic. But you know, speaking of team employees, we got Rachel Phelps, the owner. You mentioned her in the beginning of the synopsis. She's this former showgirl. She inherits this team when oh, yeah, I believe yeah. her husband dies. Is that what she it killed, is? She killed him, right? It has to be. I yeah, mean, the off screen, it had to be. She killed him. Yeah. And you know, we're going to come back to her in, in deeper detail because we'll have to bust out the villain scale. You're listening yeah. to this show. You know it's coming. But you know, let me ask you just at a general high level. Like, I don't know. Again, I, I don't know baseball as well as I know football and, and other sports. But you know, she, she's a, obviously a bad baseball owner. Does a bad owner make or break a team in baseball like it does in other sports? Like how I feel is like it different? It, it, it does the most over over other sports. How, how so? A bad owner in, in football and basketball is only a bad owner if you also resume like the role of GM or are actively picking your players and stuff like that. You can be a bad owner in baseball just by being stingy and just by being money hungry. So like there's no salary cap in baseball. So if you're just not spending, you're 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 tanking the team, or at least you're 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 banking on your draft picks. If if you that's even if you care about fielding a good team or not. So what you're saying is some owners are just running a business. They're just yeah. running a business. They're not trying to and win. It's funny, like the business you would think would go better if you have exciting players and you know more right. butts and seats. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm no. I mean, I'm no. I'm no uh, owner. You know, I'm no. I'm no mathematician. <laughs> I'm no finance guy. Listen, bad way. Right? A famous man once said, you got to spend money to make money. Yeah. And I don't know what these guys are doing. But Rachel in, in Phelps the, was not. But in, the, but in the case of Rachel Phelps, I mean, she's actively tanking. She she invented she invented tanking, really. How how bad would that have been if it got out? Like, is that yeah, um, is that something that would have blown up? Like, what, what would have happened in this? Yeah, I think it would have been scandal. I wonder if it would have affected her plan to move the team to Miami. But like when you're, you, you got a free agent list of players that are, you know, one of the guys is dead, you know? <laughs> Scratch it off the list, bad way. Scratch them off the list. But really, I mean, we could talk about this in much more detail as we get to the villain scale, but like her plan might have been more genius than we first let on just because it's it's win-win. Yeah. If if she succeeds, they go under the threshold and she gets to move the team to Miami. If she doesn't succeed, the team is good and more people come to the stadium and then you make more money that way. It's, it is it is genius in a way, and it's unintentionally genius. I don't the, want to give her credit for it. The only way it's not genius is if they go middle of the way. That's true. If they are, if they get, in, if they come in like fourth place and win 70 games, it's, well, but you know, yeah. very bad or very good, then hey, you're making a buck either way. Well, let, let's, let's come back to her in a little bit because we can go way deeper into her plan and all that. But what I think maybe what we could say is, you know, you mentioned she gave a list of people that she wants and she gave it to, it sounded like the former, the manager got promoted to GM in, in this backdoor deal. Don't know that he had a say in it, but she offered him a GM spot and they give him this list of players. That's like a bunch of guys like Jake Taylor playing in the Mexican league. Ricky Vaughn is in the Pen- California penal the league. Right? penal league. He's in like juvenile detention or whatever it was. You know, there's guys on the team that they didn't re-sign their two best free agents, I believe they said. So, they, I mean, they, they are tanking. You said it. She invented yeah. the tank. And the first order of business was to get a new manager. And they go out and get Lou Brown, who was coaching, what, a minor league team for like 20 years or something? Yeah, like a 20 or 30 year 
minor league lifer and you know current tire salesman. <laughs> what, what, so tell me more about Lou Brown. What's your take yeah. on this guy? So you you know good baseball managers. I want to ask you a bunch of things about baseball managers in a second, but this yeah. guy's like selling tires. Yeah, and but like first of all, he looks like a baseball manager, and he, he sounds like a baseball manager. He's got the big gut. He's got the mustache. All right, guys. He's got the smokers. He's got the smokers <laughs> voice. You know. And he's a player's coach, right? Like he's yeah. one of the boys. He's one of the boys. Totally. In his pajamas. In his pajamas. You know, hanging pajamas. out in the dugout in his pajamas. You gotta love it. So is this guy the perfect baseball manager for this crew? Because these yeah. guys are like a ragtag team, right? Yeah, this is this is where uh Rachel Phelps the plan, you know, went awry. Is if she hired a no nonsense professional baseball manager, if she hired a Lou Pinella or a or you know a, a you know, who, who the hell knows? It's going to chew a, your ass out. Yeah. Joe Madden, if you guys know who base, what baseball you know managers are. Charlie, you know, Charlie Manuel probably would have gotten the job done too. You know, if you hired a no-nonsense <laughs> guy, he would have said, I can't win with these with these scrubs. What like am I, how am I supposed to run this team? You know? But when you hire a ragtag guy to coach ragtag team, you can get lightning in a bottle. I'm, I'm famously thinking of George Knox throwing his tantrum <laughs> from angels in the outfield about I can't win with these bums. He, he called them shit. scrubs. I think. Remember shit, Donald Glover. Dana so how Glover. how would you rate him versus George Knox? Now George Knox needed angels to turn his life around. Well, well George Knox is a dirty cheater. So yeah. <laughs> cl- are we really rating him as a as a coach? He's not. He a good, was a dirty a cheater. Manager. He was yeah. a dirty cheater. Yeah. And Lou, Lou Brown. I don't know, man. I'd play for him. He see mm-hmm. he seemed like a good coach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What'd you think of his motivation tactics? Yeah, I mean that's you have to get a common enemy, you know, as a baseball manager. You know, you gotta you gotta rally the troops. You gotta you know, it's a long season, Drew. You know, they're gonna get bored, just like we're getting bored watching baseball. <laughs> you, you're gonna get bored, and you're so, getting bored listening to yeah, us talk about it, right? Exactly. So then you got you gotta have the you gotta have the threat of of, uh, of the naked cutout uh, yeah. to to get us going here. And I think that once once he rallied them to you know go against the cold hearted bitch. And that's that's what we got. Would that have done it for you? The cutout, you know, 32, 32 pieces, thirty-two games. You just got to yeah. take off a piece here or there. The internet didn't exist back then. You couldn't you couldn't just Google Rachel Phelps. You know that picture is not available online in nineteen eighty nine. I all I'll say so. is Billy Bob, whoever whoever the guy is that looks like Billy Bob Thornton. I'm gonna <laughs> I don't remember the character's name. The old pitcher that's like sixty five years Harris. old. Harris. Harris. That's right. Yeah, he looks yeah. like a Harris. Yeah. He had hustler magazines and all kinds of stuff yeah. that he's just like. Man of God over there, yeah. just looking at hustle yeah. magazines. <laughs> you know, why didn't he have tell- that picture? Are you telling me that Jesus Christ wouldn't read a hustler? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> he said, <laughs> "Tell me Jesus Christ couldn't hit a curveball." <laughs> it's one of the best lines in the whole movie. What do you What do you think about reading a hustler in public? Like, I, and I guess I, I'd consider the team airplane public, right? Yeah, it's a public place. <laughs> it's a public place. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just not a- busting it out with no with no shame and no regard. No, it's like like he's in least- the front row, so not only is he reading the hustler, everyone in the rows behind him can, is also basically reading hustler. <laughs> but listen, does one read hustler? You know what I mean? Of course, like you, you can read Playboy because I, yeah. you know, there's articles in Playboy. Articles. Like, are there yeah. articles in Hustler? I don't even know. I don't even think there are. The only articles on Hustler I think are like those like steamy letters. <laughs> You know, like they write, they have like little short stories or like readers. I, don't, I think yeah. they're probably fake where they like, they say, oh, this happened to me on you know, this hot Thursday afternoon. You know, Dude, you know what that reminds me of when we were driving, you used to have Sirius XM in your, in your, in your oh, car. Yeah, yeah. And I don't remember 
what the where the heck we were going? I think we were driving back from our friend is uh, back. We're visiting our friend. It was late DC, at night. It was definitely right? late at night. And what was it? Playboy Radio, where the like? Yeah, I'm thinking about. You know what I mean? I'm going to equate this to baseball announcers, where baseball announcer is bored, and yeah. and the baseball announcers like got to pretend that they're into their job. The lady that was working the radio, where the guys would call in and they'd be oh, like, "Oh, it was Do you sad." Remember? Oh, there was there was like a there was a, a a specific thing where this guy was like he was fixated on like the color of someone's dress and they were yeah. like, Oh, tell me you're perfect woman. It was this whole thing. Right. Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, she's got a pink dress. And she was trying to get the guy to like move on from something mm-hmm. else. But he kept saying, but she's got a pink dress. Yeah. And it was so weird and uncomfortable. Like, the chances of that guy being a trucker were like 97%, right? Like it, it had was, to have been. It was extremely uncomfortable listening to that. And I just think about like, you asked what looking at a hustler yeah. in public. Like, so I think it is in public. <laughs> he is in public. Yeah. <laughs> Could you just imagine like a guy on a bus, like, oh, let me bust this hustler out. You know? <laughs> it's like you, you can't do that. And then, this, you know, I guess yeah. maybe with the team, it's a little bit more acceptable. It's, one, yeah, it's right. locker room. It's locker room talk, locker room. As, as they say. Yeah, as they that's, say. that's what they would say. Yeah. So, so back to Lou Brown here and back to baseball managers in general. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to make light of the role of a baseball manager, right? I get he, he's supposed to rally the troops, as you would say. Uh-huh. It sounds like you're about to say something. Here. But what is a what is what does he really do? Like is what he teaching they? them how to hit? Is he teaching them how to feel balls? Like he he was walking around just like going, okay. good job, Dorn. Yeah. Let, let, me all ask, right. let me let me ask you this. Get on that ball. When you when you enter uh you know how how would I put this? When you enter trigonometry, yeah. Is he gonna teach you what one plus one is? Or are you supposed to know that ahead of time? I think you're supposed to know that ahead of time. Right? You got to know. Those, this is the professional. This is the major leagues. He's not going to teach you how to hit. You're supposed to get in knowing how to hit. But his don't they have hitting coaches? To, his job is to refine or fix a swing, not teach you how to swing. Not but what how does to he ground, do? catch a ground ball. He's a motivator, a baseball manager, I'll tell you. You say they don't know what they're doing. They're motivators. That's their, that's their main job. And, and a, a motivator and a culti- cultivator of ego. And a reeler in of ego and trying to get the best out of each individual guy and learning. They're, they're basically psychologists for, you know, 27 guys in pajamas, in pajamas. They give a psychologist in pajamas and really in underwear when they're in the locker room, because most of this happens in the locker room. Do they take a shower when the game's over together? <laughs> like, sure. Are absolutely. they sweaty? Like, are they, yeah, are they tired? Absolutely. You talk about the manager. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to be sweating. Like those guys, showers, are, man. they're mostly overweight. They're going to be sweating anyway. It's 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 in the dead of summer. I know, like that 97 they use the degrees. They're wearing, the gut. they're wearing, you know, obviously, if you're wearing, have you ever worn pajamas outside in the middle yeah. of July? I don't yeah, think you, right. you'd, be, you'd be sweating too, right? Can't they get them shorts? Can yeah. they wear shorts? Like, don't they have like, you know, they make shorts for golfers. Can't they now, wear golf shorts? I think it's the only thing more ridiculous than seeing an old guy in pajamas is seeing an old guy in shorts. Have you ever, does your, has your grandpa ever worn shorts? Yes. I don't, I've, I've never seen my grandfather wear shorts in my life. Well, it's like, I think about both of my grandfathers. Every time I think about old people in shorts, I think about the scenes from Ren and Stimpy where the guy has the sock <laughs> yeah. holder up, yeah. you know, where it's like around the yeah. ankle. That's mm. what I think about. But I, okay. So I get it. They're motivating these guys. Yeah, that's all they're, they're doing. They're not really a skill guy. They're not drawing up plays the way a football that's what guy I was or say. basketball player were. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So is a bad, let's say you have an excellent team. And I'll say this. This is my opinion. And obviously I'm probably wrong. But yeah. if you've got a great football team in terms of talent, 
but you have a crappy coach, you're probably not going to win, honestly. Right. Because you're not going to have right. a good scheme. Like if you mentioned this before we, we started recording, but the play call from the, from the moment the guy's drawn up the play all the way till when it gets called on the field, like there's so much that goes into the coaching, the scheming, the game planning of all that stuff. Like the talent alone doesn't win. And am I wrong to say that if you got an excellent baseball team, you could have me in there as the manager and they're probably going to win the games. They they might do better if it was you as manager. You know why? Because less is more. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, because they don't need it. You could say in a football game, oh, that guy got out. That team got out coached today. That's why they lost. And it happens a lot. In, in baseball, a lot of the times the manager gets in his own way. He takes the pitcher out too soon or too late or he puts a reliever in because he has some kind of stats that says, oh, this this is the right move to do in this time, when really the right move is hands off. Let the team play. Well, so, what was it a couple of years ago? The Phillies had some coach. Like, I just remember seeing it in the news where he was yeah. like pulling guys out after specific pitch counts. And it was yeah, like it was it was Gabe Kapler. And like, so he sucked for the Phillies because of he was hard fast on the stats. And then it took getting fired and going to the Giants. Now he's good. Now he's good. Because he learned, he learned from how crappy it was for the Phillies. That's what happens. That's what happens, you know? Yeah. But that's the thing. He learned to do less. You do less, <laughs> you, do, you get more in baseball. Uh, you know what? Sign me up. I'll wear the pajamas. Yeah. I'll, make, yeah. I'll make all the all money. You to, all you have to do is talk to these guys in the locker rooms. <laughs> that's, that's the job. That is the job. You don't even have to know what a baseball is. What's a baseball? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to make light of their job. Like, I'm sure that they do something. I think you do. I think but you it's... Do. I just feel that Lou Brown didn't have to do too much, obviously. And then the team, I mean, he he did more than most managers, I feel, in motivating yeah. them in, in this movie. And he created the yeah. board. He did all this other stuff. So, I mean, these guys were not very good. I mean, let's talk about the team here. Let's talk a little bit about the team and, and some of the players. I think we need to do Jake Taylor by himself. Yeah. But there's a bunch of these guys. So we mentioned Harris. He looks like Billy Bob's cousin or uncle or How whatever, is this guy right? not related to Billy Bob? I don't know. I, I, how is this guy a professional athlete is the real question. <laughs> Have you, did you see this guy shirtless in this movie, Drew? <laughs> <laughs> he, he had, I noticed right away, and I, I thought it was funny because I forgot about the spring training, but he had the, the white patch of, of cream on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Sheen calls him out. He's like, what, what is that on your shoulder? He's like, oh, that's Crisco. That, this is something here. And this is Vagisil. And mm-hmm. he's talking about how he's, he's basically putting something on the ball, right? To to give yeah. it a spin or or some type of was that accepted back in the eighties more more than now? I think so. I feel like guys did that if if you if you're blatant with it, they'll throw you out of the game, but it's kind of like a don't ask, don't tell situation. Yeah. Or as long as you're trying to hide it, they'll let you get away with it. That kind of thing. But how how does so is that how this guy is playing? Because this guy looked Yeah, he probably wouldn't be on the team if he didn't have the junk. When you talk about believable actors, I'm going to say Charlie Sheen looked like he practiced throwing a baseball. He looked like he he knew what the hell he was doing. His form looked good, for sure. This guy did not. No. Mm -mm. No. This guy looked like he was 75 years old throwing a baseball. Not even as like a 40-year-old at the end of his rope did he look like a pro athlete at all. Was this guy supposed to be their ace, too? That's the impression I got. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Assuming Assuming that Vaughn was not supposed to be good. He's supposed to be their best pitcher. Can I say Rachel Phillips is doing a good job here? Yeah. She knows what she's doing. This guy's <laughs> your ace. <laughs> this, guy, like, this guy is like, he, he, she's do, she knows what she's doing, right? And oh, maybe yeah. the GM does too. Speaking about the perfect team here, then you get, what is it? The power hitter, Pedro Serrano? 
The power also hitter that can't as, hit a curveball. Yeah. That is like, that's, it's only, it's only 50% of the pitches he'll see. Exactly. So. <laughs> I mean, it should be only the pitches. Or really the hundred percent once, once the book is out on them. Once they yeah. know, how long yeah. does it take for somebody to figure you out? Probably a couple about, games, I about guess. About two games, about two yeah. games. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk about this guy a little bit. So they played up like, you know, you had Billy Bob or Harris known, and he was like a pretty man. He was a man of God, man of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then you got Pedro Serrano who, who was doing voodoo, right? They asked, what is his religion? Yeah. Is it a violation to bring in like live animals, like snakes yeah. and do sacrifices? Absolutely. And lighten torches and, and blowing stuff up, right? In the locker room? Yeah. Is that like Absolutely. a sacred place? Uh, you can't be bringing snakes into the workplace, Drew. Imagine you going into your place of business. Like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, I brought my snake in today because I, you know, I need, I need help, you know, with this report. And I feel like it's really going to help me spiritually. It's like imagining someone actually doing that. Yeah. Like, like, for example, like in the office, on my office this past Friday, someone brought their dogs in and it's like, oh, that's cool. Get 15 minutes of dog time. That's like a great, that's like a nice yeah. break. Oh, everybody loves a dog. The little dogs. Like dogs. Fun. Yeah, that's acceptable. You bring a dog in, that's fine. You bring a snake in, you bring a chicken <laughs> in to be sacrificed. That's a no. I don't care. You mean you're not about animal, uh, sacrificial animals? <laughs> no, I mean, hey, if you want to do it in your own time, that's fine. I mean, as long as you don't waste the meat, you know, you better, you better, you better use that meat. You better eat it, right? But you can't, you can't just be slaughtering animals in the workplace. I don't care if it's in the baseball field or it's in a factory or if it's an office, if it's in the boardroom, doesn't matter. You can't be, you can't be doing that. Even if it gives you an edge. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't, you can't. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm all about people's uh, religious freedoms. I mean, please. In, in your own time, in your spare. If, if you want to do that in your car, in the parking lot, by all means, go for it. You can even, you can worship there in your locker, but don't bring the animals, man. Yeah. Don't, don't bring the animals. I love this guy. He's, he's one of the best guys in the whole movie. Did, did you not, did you know that, I thought he was Cuban until like 2007. This, in this real Den, life, you mean? This Dennis Haysbert guy. He did a great yeah. job with, with, yeah. Yeah, until no, twenty four, I, I had no idea this guy was not Cuban. I, I agree with you. He did a good yeah. job with it, and he played. Yeah. He's in all the movies too. I think yeah. he's in the, even in the third one, right? I'm I think to he's remember. in the third one too. Yeah, I think he is. But he was great in this, and I thought he was yeah. good. The, the the one that that really threw me off was a young Wesley Snipes, right? Versus oh yeah, you know, in the it, where they just replaced him with Omar Epps in this in the yeah. second movie. Mm-hmm. But Willie Mays Hayes, so he's just some hustler driving a hybrid. Volkswagen Bentley? A, a, a Volkswagen Rolls Royce rolling what? in. I didn't even notice hustler. that until you told yeah. me. That was hilarious. Yeah. Like, how no. does a guy like this sneak into a, a team? Wasn't even invited to, to, to the tryout. That's that's how you, you fake it till you make it. That's how you, that's how you got to get in, man. That's how you got to get in. How many times has he done this? You have to prove, you know, sometimes you, sometimes it's hard to get your foot in the door. So you, you got you to gotta do what you got to do. I feel like maybe he probably asked for too much money. That's why he didn't get in the second one, right? Yeah, probably. It's like, oh, we'll just replace you with Omar Epps. Same difference. It really wasn't, but Snipes was really funny in this movie. Yeah, and I, I think you're right in that Major League Two came out in 1994. So assume this is, what, five years later? And at that point, yeah. Wesley Snipes was like blowing up. He blew up. And yeah. maybe he did want a huge paycheck, but he was really funny in this. He was good, man. Yeah. I liked him best part in this. Of, best part of the movie. Best part of the movie. But I wonder how many times, like, I mean, spring training's all down in all parts of Florida. Like, is he just driving around to different teams and trying to sneak in? You know, <laughs> yeah. and he just happens to yeah. get in here because there's yeah. such a joke that mm-hmm. he's like, no security, nothing. It's like, he's not trying to get on the Yankees or something. Like, maybe maybe he read the paper. There. Maybe he read the paper and saw the roster invites. He goes, yeah. I get on this team. I get on the team. <laughs> like, 
I like that he comes in and he's like saying he's going to put on a hitting clinic and he yeah. really couldn't even do anything. Yeah. He's fast. He's fast as hell. But yeah. they cut him like in the middle of the night and they took his took his bed out like in the military training camp place. <laughs> the military but training camp. <laughs> it's like the, the way locker those room. dorms look. The locker yeah. room is ridiculous. But let's talk about a couple other characters before we get to, to Taylor. So we'll try to keep this quick. But you can't talk about this movie and not talk about Roger Dorn and oh, Rick yeah. Vaughn. Dorn is this prima donna guy. How is he on this team? Because he clearly can't field. He's not a good fielder, at least, but it seems like he can hit. You don't have to field in baseball, Drew. You know, this, 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 <laughs> is a this is a secret that that uh, that that's 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 not really well known. You don't have to be a good fielder to be, to be on the team. You just got to hit. You'll figure it out. You figure you know, it the out. Way, yeah, the the Phillies have like eight guys who can't field currently on their team. It, it doesn't <laughs> matter because you figure it out. As, you, you get can hit the Brown ball, they're telling you how. Yeah, if you can hit the ball, you can figure it out in the field. But yeah, this is a guy, he's selfish, he's out for himself, he's playing out the rest of his contract, he can hit the ball. It's not that he can't field, it's that he doesn't want the ball to kick up and hit him in the face. And I, I get it, I've been there, I've been there before. I used to play third base, that was my, that was my position. So he's not willing to go out, it's, it's not a can't do, it's a won't do. It's a won't do. It's but it seemed do. like when he was trying to try, he still couldn't do it. When he was trying to field, unless he was just... He was just so out of, he just, he's still, but he's still like, "Eh, don't hit me. That kind of thing. Cause he's got, he's got plans after baseball, you know? I mean, he's going to do interior decoration or whatever (laughs) else he was going to do. I like that, that Jake Taylor just called him out, but I don't know what this, what this guy's all about. I mean, look, he's not, he's not a faithful husband. We know that. No. And, and that leads us to, you know, Rick Vaughn. So we'll talk more about the hooking up thing in a second, but Vaughn can't even see. What did they say? Near blind? (laughs) Yeah. See, that's why, again, that's why, that's why Lou Brown's good manager, man. He figured it out. He, he, he unlocked a, a problem that was, a, that was affecting his good player from becoming great. I like that they hinted at it throughout the movie. If you notice, like when they were at dinner, he was looking at the menu. He was squinting yeah. at the thing a little bit. He kind of turned yeah. it around. And he, mm-hmm. if you notice, like, if you know, obviously you've seen this movie yeah. from 1989, like, you know, what's going, but yeah. it's one of those things that sort of foreshadowed throughout the movie. And I really liked it. I mean, he yeah. doesn't wear sleeves. He doesn't wear really nope. shirts or anything. You know, he wears be, a tie over his shirt. You know, if he had any muscles at all, it would have helped him for being yeah. sleeveless. But I think in the eighties, <laughs> you can kind of get away with being sleeveless and not having muscles in the eighties. I don't think you can do that nowadays. No, no. What do you, what do you think of that haircut? What do you think of that with nah, the with the like I, razor? I'm not sure cut. that I'm not sure that was in style back then. Let alone now. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a tough guy, but really, yeah. is it like a what you think a tough guy looks like haircut? But it really isn't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a guy just trying to trying to pose his way through life. Like I don't know if he's a, if he's a criminal. I mean, clearly he he was he was in jail, but I don't know. They they never said what Vaughn did, did they? Like what he they, went they, to prison for? I don't know. They might have, but it didn't matter. I don't know. It, I, I sure it was something felt relatively nonviolent. Something else he did do though. Something else he did bad way. Yes. He slept with Dorn's wife. Now, is that he, a violation? Yes, he didn't. Well, it's not, it's not his fault. It's not his violation. Is it? <laughs> how how would you say that? Know? How's he supposed to know? So does Again, it make it okay because he didn't know? Like, is, is it less shameful? I guess it is. It's, it's, all, on, it's all on Suzanne. She, but she really, is a predator. Really, it's on, it's on Dorn because, you know, he got, he got caught, you know, red-handed on video. So it was only, she, she, jumped, she jumped to a, a, 
a conclusion there pretty quickly, though, didn't it you? It was an extreme, too. What if he was just going to help her with something, you know? He went into yeah. another room. What if What if he went into another room and then he said, I can't do this, I have a wife. But then That's she true. just, she goes immediately to, let us let me just not only cheat on my husband, but cheat on my husband with his teammate that he's feuding with. His worst enemy. His worst enemy, yeah. That's so pretty she, bad. So she she brought a rock to a pillow fight is really what she did. Did they have a healthy marriage? They didn't really explain it. it they seemed it, like they were happy. It probably wasn't the first time. It probably she wasn't. On her. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> and it probably, wasn't, it, probably, it probably wasn't the first time she slept with one of his teammates. So can, can, they, can they come back from that whole thing? Like, yeah, is the, that a this thing is, that's This like, is not okay? new. This is not new. I feel like they've been playing this game. Like I said, he, she's probably cheated. On, she's done it to him. He's done it to her. And I think at this point, why don't they just, you know, admit what, what's going on here and have an open relationship? Let's and that, that's like when he punched Vaughn in the face, I guess that sort of just let it go. He let it out. That's it. And yeah, that's it. I, that's that's and I have to do this. But you son of a bitch. But I know I can't blame you. Right? I don't I don't think Vaughn would have done it had he known who it was. So no, he give wouldn't him have. a pass on that. I, re- I don't think he would have. Obviously, it doesn't make it OK. Yeah. But he's not a creep. But I know someone that is a creep. Do we, do we have a creep? Do we find a creep? We got to bust out the Creep Hall of Shame here because I Let's think we it. have a new inductee into the Creep Hall of Shame for, our, for all longtime listeners. I think it's like, I don't even know how many people are in this. Phil Hartman definitely is from Jingle All the Way. But Jake Taylor, new inductee to the Last Row oh. podcast, Creep Hall of Shame. Dude. Is he like, actually the villain of this movie? Yeah, not only Creep Hall of Shame, but potential villain number two of the movie. Yeah. He's not a good guy. The movie paints him as a good guy. He's not a good guy. He's a good teammate. That's it, though. He's not a good guy. What? Give me a list of his violations because I think you tallied them. All right. So I tallied them. We, we can we can we can extrapolate as we need to. But the first thing he did is when he took Willie Mays Hayes and Vaughn out to dinner for making the team, he spied out the corner of his eye his ex girlfriend, and the first thing he says is, "Oh, there's my wife." That's your wife? No, I mean she would have been if I didn't screw it up. Oh, okay. That's a pretty so it's not your wife. It's not your wife there. at all. It's not your wife at all. Okay, got it. <laughs> Why would he say wife? Like, there's no because <laughs> he's delusional, Drew. So, so he goes down, which I thought was a pretty cool move, and that was pretty smart. It's a little creepy, but it's it's a nice way to get her off of the table with it on her date that she's having. So uh, maybe can we let's let's do this for each. For each violation, let's rate it on a scale of one to ten of how creepy okay. it is. All right. So this can't happen anymore because of cell phones. But like, so he he haul, he calls the restaurant from another phone and says, "Hey, I need to speak to what's her name, Renee Russo. I don't know. I don't know her name, character's name. Her name's Lynn, I believe." So then she comes to the phone, and then like he's like, "Hey, hey, how's it going?" <laughs> Sidles up next to her. Hey, what's going on? You know, why are you with the stiff? That whole thing. After he talked to her from across the way, like, how did she yeah. not hear him? He wasn't that far <laughs> yeah, away. I know, really, but like he wasn't even thinking about her until he saw her. So it's not like he was like, Hey, I'm in Cleveland now. Let me, let me look up Lynn. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, like a, like an animal, like a, like a, like a gorilla or something. Oh, I see woman. I see woman. I go court woman. I date woman now. <laughs> it's like, he didn't even like, it's not like he was thinking of, Oh man, I should look up Lynn. You know, I yeah. should, I should, you know, try to reconnect. Give a call. No, he saw and he reacted. I, I give this, I give this probably yeah. like a like a three or a four out of ten on the creep factor because if you weren't a scumbag mm. and if you actually liked her, like he wasn't yeah. thinking about her, that's like a pretty slick move to like call mm. her from yeah. across the restaurant. Right. I like that. Yeah. But yeah. 
it's still a scumbag move because of what you said. What's what, what would have been what have been what would have been the proper way to like besides not not even going over to her or talking to her that day at all? Is there a proper way to handle this situation? She's on a date in the restaurant. All, yeah, with all you know, it could have been a first date, or that could be her husband at this point. We don't know because it's he been years. I'll tell you what he should have done. He yeah. should have walked past them and did the uh-huh. double take and say, "Oh." Lynn? Oh, Lynn. Hey, Lynn. Hey, How Lynn. are you? Hey. Yeah. And then, oh, and then you introduce yourself to the yeah. guy and you say, hey, I'm Jake yeah. Taylor. Nice to meet you. Who are right. you? Right. You, you have to do it head on. It can't be. He tried to sidestep the man. Dude, he was that lurking been, in the shadows. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's her fiance, but like at the, like he didn't know that could have been, a, if it was a first date, then screw that guy. He's a stiff, whatever. He was lurking in the shadows like a yeah. stalker supreme, man. Mm-hmm. He, he was yeah. not okay. So hint number one, she gives him a fake number smart he's like hey i'm not leaving without your number give me your number which again out of scale of one to ten what's that demanding the number or i'm not leaving uh that's like a seven or yeah, a that's, ten. that's red flag it's, it's, it's kind of like it's up there i think and like, she yeah. yeah she and she saw the flags she saw the red flags so she gave him a fake number so that's the number one like take the hint buddy get out of my life you know he had steam me. coming out of his collar like that's how yeah. hot he was he was hot and bothered yeah. he's like oh yeah. i need i need lynn's number yep and we we don't know at this point how serious they were in the past but Mm-hmm. You know, he was aggressively putting himself on her. Yeah, and that is not right. cool. Like, give me your number. Like, yep. got got weird. So then she, you know, he doesn't know where she works. So she, he finds out where she works and just shows up unannounced at her job. Yeah. And, Th- and it proceeds to embarrass her in front of the whole library. She, I guess it's a library. I don't know if it's at a college or something. It's a university no or something. University. She's like a professor, yeah. I believe, or yes. something. Yeah. So he, she, he embarrasses her at work, shows up unannounced. And tries to like put the moves on her. At work. First off, you don't show up at somebody's work when they don't want to see you clearly when they gave yeah. you a fake number. Yeah. Like that's that's like an eight out of ten in terms of creep. Mm. Because not only do you make them uncomfortable at their place of work, that's a straight up stalk move. Stalking yeah. st- again, stalker supreme. Yeah. You go to that level, but then you put her on blast in front of all of her students and all these people and faculty yep. in a public place. Yep. You might as well bust out the hustler and just start there. Start <laughs> start reading. Well, <laughs> the, hustler's, the hustler. The hustler's a ten, though. The hustler's yeah. a ten. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's talking about her body. Come on yeah. now, dude. Get yeah. out of here. That that's like that's an eight at least. Yeah. On the stalker okay. scale. That, that's fair. Okay. So he gets rejected again. So then he shows up to her place uninvited, and just walks right in. Without even like knocking or using the doorbell or anything. Didn't he tail so her? He tailed her. He <laughs> tailed her home from work the, 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 a couple days later. And uh, he walks in, but it comes to find out it wasn't her house. It's her fiance's place. So That's he just dirty. walks in uninvited on a dinner party. That's, I don't want to go 10 yet because I feel like there's worse. Mm-hmm. But I That's think balls. Dude. You don't, first off, you don't stalk someone home. You don't yeah. tail them, right? Mm-hmm. You don't do that. That's just not okay. Yeah. And then the second Ima- thing is walking in uninvited. Okay. Imagine you had an ex-girlfriend, right? Yeah. And she just walked into your house and you're, and she's like, hey, and this is like a random Tuesday. It's eight o'clock on a random Tuesday. And all of a sudden, you know, hey, hey, Drew, what's going on? <laughs> Hey, man. Do you call the cops? You're like, get out of here. To you her, it was the greatest day of her life. To me, it was a Tuesday. That's yeah. a- <laughs> no, but but you're right. Like, that's breaking and entering, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. or uh, I don't know, maybe he Unlawful didn't break entry. In. Unlawful, Unlawful entry. 
<laughs> he didn't I, break. I, he know, didn't break a lock. I, I know the law, so <laughs> that last row podcast resident, yeah, resident yeah. police expert and uh, law law uh, lawyer. No, that he 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 broke into her house for all intents and purposes, and, and it's this guy's. It's like, not even her house. Yeah, he's a lawyer. Couldn't he press charges? He trespassed. Let me. T- this guy is a saint. Let me tell you right now. Yeah. He's trying to be cool about this whole thing, right? He he diffuses the situation. He gives him a few jabs. Yeah. Throws a few jabs at him. Doesn't embarrass him completely, but still kind of puts him in his place. Is like, hey, buddy, I'm better than you. And yeah. You know it. And and rightfully so. He stepped into his territory. He's trying to steal his fiance. Yeah. To to this new guy, he's like, who is this washed up ball player who's broke and has no money? You know, one knee injury away from basically being homeless with no real real world skills not to mention how uncomfortable taylor makes it when the dinner party guests start asking him questions about like what does he want to do with his future and he starts talking about having kids mm-hmm. and he is like i'm talking like precision specific he's scalpeling he's taking yeah. the scalpel out and he's like <laughs> he's cutting like with precision with like a freaking laser yeah. of what she used to do in college, so he he implies, if you haven't seen this movie, he says his kids are going to be swimmers in a very specific swimming race. And they say, yeah. oh, that's cool. Didn't you used to be a swimmer? Oh, what did you do? Oh, it was the 100 meter or whatever it was. And it was like, this guy should have jumped over the table and started fighting him. Yeah. For real. Let, 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 let me tell you something, Drew. Like, as far as we know, we know that he's at least 42 years old. Yes. If not older. Because... They talk about her, him and him and Rene Russo talk about his 40th birthday uh, when they had a party and he embarrassed her way back in the day when they were dating. So he's at least 42. We're assuming it's at least two years later. He could be 45. Man, so we better get going on those kids. Let me tell you, (laughs) by the time, let's see, by the time he actually like if he successfully marries this woman and then has kids and then the kids go on to be Olympic athletes. You know, he, he's going to be like 70 years old. Dude, he's already two feet in the tub, man. He's, yeah. he's, he's two feet in the tub. Yeah. His knees are busted. Yep. I, I don't gonna, know. His swimmers aren't going to be working anymore <laughs> to develop those swimmers. I'll tell you exactly. that. I mean, look, this is at least an eight out of 10 in terms of stalking. This is, this is high. This is a nine. It's messed well, up. All right. Well, th- if this is an eight, then what's what's the next? Breaks his he scale. follows her again, this time to her real home. And again, walks in without knocking, without ringing the doorbell, without calling, without anything. Unannounced, just breaks in. Says, hey, hey, what's going on? That's a 10. On After driving the dugout car or something, right? As <laughs> yeah, a, in full uniform. In full uniform. With, with all kinds of sweat and and, yeah. and just disgusting, like, jock sweat with his cup still sweat, on and all. gunk, and his <laughs> knees aren't working. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. First off, he shouldn't have been following her again. He should have learned his lesson after the first time. And yeah. now in some way in his head, he's thinking, but she still likes me. She wants me to follow her. That's she what has, a stalker would think. She has given no indication that she wants to be with him <laughs> yeah, up to this point in the movie. He, and this he's is justifying why, it. Yeah. And this is why I don't like her characters because during the scene, she actually gives in and, and they start and they start lovemaking. Drew. Yeah. There's a love scene. There's a love scene. Well, there isn't a love scene. There's a, there's a makeout sesh. It's, it's an implied and then an implied. And, and, love and, scene. and then there's a post. There's a post love With, scene. You like her wicker bed too, like that nineteen. Yeah, very that's like nice. the kind of furniture yeah. you put on like a porch. Yeah, for real. <laughs> the yeah. wicker. What did, what did wicker Roger bed. Dorn did Roger Dorn decorate that, that bedroom? <laughs> What's going on here? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but like he he manipulated her into that too. Like yeah. not okay. 
Yeah, like the, one of the things, like, oh, you never read Moby Dick is what she told him in the library. So we see him later on in the movie reading reading the comic book version of Moby, Moby Dick. And she quizzes him on one of the questions before they start making out. And he gets it right because he cheated on on reading Moby Dick. So he manipulated her. Yeah, the cliff notes. Yeah, he read the cliff notes. It's, I mean, he literally had a comic book like, of Moby Dick. But I don't, I don't like her character in this movie because like she gives in too easily to this yeah. guy. And he's he's a scumbag. There wasn't there wasn't a good reason for the redemption no. arc of their love. It could have no. been, oh man, we fell out and I didn't realize mm-hmm. how much I liked him because he was a nice guy. It's mm-hmm. no, he stalked her to the point where he wore her down and that's messed up. I yeah. don't like it. This, this is this is a they have a they have a wedding date. It was in October. <laughs> there was a wedding date. There's a date. Not only are they engaged, there's a date set. It's for after do? the World Series. What would you do if you were this guy? No, but but look, yeah. if you're the guy, maybe maybe if you're the fiance, you think, you know what, maybe I'm better off. Like, I don't mm. know about that. It, mm. If if this guy's going to come out of nowhere. I mean, they maybe they had some like unrequited love here that was so powerful yeah. and and strong and passionate. But come on, man. Like they did. They fling. had a date. It's a fling and he's a scumbag. And sh- I guess maybe she's just attracted to the danger. But let me tell you, man, I mean, this guy... He's going to be retired in a couple of years. I mean, we've seen Major League Two and Three. I mean, this guy he can't play anymore. He becomes manager. I don't. He's he's a real piece of trash. I looked. I, I looked know. this up. What was it? League minimum salary in '89 was like sixty-four thousand, which is like equates to like one hundred fifty this year or something yeah. in twenty twenty-two. You know, it's not. I mean, it's not. It's not a little bit amount of money, but it's also not that much for him being at the twilight of his career. To your point, yeah, he, uh, to, you know, for what we know based on his past, he's broke. So it's yeah. not like he saved money. Right. So this is one of his last few paychecks. You, you could argue he is the villain of the movie. Yeah. You really could. And and he and, is he is a 10 out of 10 stalker on this. Like he's yeah. he's he's already Dude, Phil he's Hartman was scale. out there. Yeah. Phil Hartman was was manipulating like like maybe lonely housewives, but I don't know that it was implied that he actually did anything in terms of adultery. Like no. he was trying to get with Arnold's wife. Or but, I think like he was he was acting on the thing of all right. Well, if one of these husbands die, yes, he's there. I'm, I'm for on top of the list. Of, he's there of, of the rebound. Yeah, but Jake Taylor goes all the way. I mean, he violates yeah. the sanctity of a, yeah. of a relationship. And then at the end of the movie, we see we see Lynn in the stands, and she shows her hand. the The engagement ring is off, so she called off the wedding for this guy. And then we find out in Major League Two there is there is no Lynn. There's no Rene Russo. No. So we know that this didn't last one year. Hey man, true love is hard to find. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so look. he, he broke a marriage up. He broke a damn marriage up and they didn't even stay together for a year. It's, it's very, very true. And, and I'll be honest with you. Like I, he, he's high top end of the creep hall of shame. Just yeah. put him at the top, put him on the trophy of the creep hall of shame. Absolutely. And, and to reiterate this lawyer guy, this fiance we're, we see Jake Taylor, you know, good teammate, baseball player, good. He's a lawyer in a swanky apartment. He must be bad. This guy showed nothing of being a bad guy. No. He's probably a great guy. Exactly. He, he, he wrecked a perfectly good, you know, potential marriage. For, for nothing. For a Unless fling. she gets back with the lawyer after this whole thing, but he probably moved on himself. It's for a fling. Speaking of villains... So we we mentioned Rachel Phelps in the beginning. We can't we can't say that Taylor really is the villain of the movie because he's he's not, but he is. Mm-hmm. I would say he yeah. is. But we got to put Phelps through the scale, don't you think? Because she oh, she's yeah. the actual villain of the movie. So yeah. if you're new to the show, we have a villain scale on the show. If you've listened to the show, you know how it works. 
There's four categories, one through five for each, look or style, hideout or layer, plan and henchman, and then a bonus, potential bonus point for ruthlessness. Let's, let's just jump right into this with her. So when we talk about look or style, we're talking about ponytail, accessories, any type of thing. Mm. I got to say, like her Cruella DeVille, like, Dude. like straight yeah. up villain outfits or villainous outfits, they're, they're top notch. On point. On point. Designer outfits, everything. Furs. Dude, even like her, like her, her uh, drink glasses. I was going to say little, sipping little, on a drink. Little, yeah, with the little umbrellas, the fruity drinks. I want those drinks, man. I want them. While all the team great. is losing and she's cheering yeah. them on drinking like yeah. a like a Mai Tai. Like, the sunglasses, on. just everything about her. Scream style. It's a five. It's got to be, right? Yeah. I mean, it has yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. And, and she she's fantastic. So mm-hmm. what what about her hideout and layer? Like what is an owner, yeah. a baseball owner's hideout or layer? Well, we never see where she lives. So we're going to have to go with the owner's box, right? Unless she in lives board, in, in there. In the boardroom. I mean, I guess you could. But like, hey, listen, talk to me in a year. If the team sucks and they get moved to Miami, maybe maybe it'll be swankier. But I don't think Cleveland Indians owner's no. box is that great of a hideout slash It was layer. not great. And and no. the the locker room looked more, yeah. more prestigious than that. And that didn't even have a working <laughs> whirlpool at all. Yeah. They had to use a boat motor. Yeah. So I mean, if we ha- if we had seen her residence, we could give her. But since we didn't see it, yeah, I'm gonna have to go one. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Indians owner's box is not doing it for me. It's it's not, and and it yeah. wasn't very swanky. Like she had a cool desk, I guess, and she had a nice little office, but it wasn't that mm. cool. Nah, but like, nah. it looked okay. Put it that not, way. Not great. We could we could do better here. Now where where we got to really spend some time here for a second is her plan. So walk me yes. through her plan and what is she trying to actually achieve? We, you mentioned so, it in the synopsis. Yeah. So her plan is to acqu- acquire the least talented team possible so that they can dip attendance under 800,000, I think it was. Which is year. a lot. It's a lot. And if you do that, then you can, there's a clause in the contract that allows you to break the lease from the city of Cleveland to move the team to wherever you wish. In this case, she wants to go to Miami because she hates Cleveland. So she rounds up the biggest and worst scrubs that she could find, invites them to spring training, and uh, hopefully those scrubs can both be bad and also not entertaining as to leave the stands empty. It's a great plan. And she is the, the godmother of tanking and the first to do it. And, you know, it almost worked had she not, maybe she hadn't hired the coach and Jake yeah. Taylor. Do you think the coach and Taylor were the X factors? Like, were they the Definitely. pieces, like the keystone yeah. that held everything yep. together? Yeah, Ta- Taylor. Taylor mentored the young guys, and the coach was the everyman that gave them the motivation to not only not suck, but when he found out the plan from the GM, when the GM finally betrayed her, uh, to push them forward to actually win the whole damn thing. And and at one point, what did they say too? Right, so it was. You know, she needed them to get the attendance, but then at a certain point, like obviously the attendance record was not going to, whatever the the level it was, I think you said 800,000 was not going to happen. But then they had alluded to if they didn't win their division, they were just going to trade and cut everybody at the end of the year, which would have been obvious what they were trying to do, wouldn't it? Like, I don't know. It would have seemed pretty obvious. Like if they came that close to winning the division and then all of a sudden they remove all the players. If if they would have won 90 games and then lost that last game. Yeah. And then you start cutting, trading everybody. Then it would have been a pretty shady, a shady business. But I, on. I think it would have been. So here's what I think: had they, had they 
done that, let's say they missed and they they missed the the division by like a game or something or whatever yeah. it is, right? They just come that close. The next year, you think they're going to hit lightning in a bottle again? No, I think they're probably just going to be bad because yeah. I don't think this team is really that good. And obviously, no. in the Major League Two, you know, I, I yeah. guess they they do whatever. But at the same time, there's all kinds of circumstances in that movie. But yeah. I think it was the, lightning in a bottle. This screams of like, I don't know, like 1990, 1994 or five Florida Marlins when yes. they won the World Series. <laughs> they had no business winning the World Series. Right. They had a bunch of guys. And it's the same type of scenario where it's like, yeah, like you said, lightning in a bottle probably wouldn't happen again. If this same crew came back next year, yeah, they'd probably be a middling team. What What do but you no. think for the plan? What do you think? It was great. I think it was a great plan. I, I just think that, you know, she got unlucky in, uh, in, in accidentally hiring the right coach and, and right, you know, team leader. And, and the other thing, I don't know why she could have 180 the plan. Once they made the like, once they started getting good, and she realized that she couldn't move the team Miami. Once it was over, you know why not like just root from the win because you'll make more money team. if you have a, if you have a world World Series team winning team right. and you sell the team. Yeah. So or she could why, have traded some guys. Yeah. yeah. Why be? How are you upset that you're winning? It's like all right, this works out. All right, team's worth a little more now. Let me sell it because clearly she doesn't. We'll just sell the team anyway. She she married the guy for his money anyway. He yeah. died. His best asset is this baseball team. Just collect your whatever five hundred cash mil. out. Cash out. Yeah, it's it's true. a burden. It's a burden. Yeah, especially if you don't like it. It's like yeah. she she hate watches them. Like yeah. just sell it. She accidentally created a winner, and it's kind of a fugazi winner. It's not, you know, it's yeah. fool's gold. So like, sell it to some schmuck for five hundred k or five hundred mil. <laughs> what do, what do you give her? So because she wasn't successful, we can't give her a five. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Like a three, four? Uh, yeah, I like a three. I think a three is good. Four is a little much. Three is good. It, it's not. It's not full on. Like she didn't succeed, and she got a little bit too cocky. I think, and yeah. she could have really done some different things. So we can't give her give her a three. But what about the henchman? Like who actually qualifies as a henchman for her? Is the GM considered a henchman? The former manager? Like who? Who would you consider? Like the, I, the I bodyguards? I don't think he's a henchman because like he didn't like he didn't really act on her bidding after after the team was created. You know what I mean? Like he was never for the plan. Yeah. He just kind of went along with it. I don't think he ever like he never like stood in the way of the team one way or the other. I think he was just kind of there as like a uh, just a right hand lackey, but he didn't really do anything. No, he did not to negatively affect the team. At a certain point, he was almost yeah. like rooting for them because he told yeah. Lou about the tank and that mm. motivated them, right? So that was yeah. the whole thing. And and the GM, you know, I guess he could have stopped yeah. a lot of that stuff, but she didn't really have anybody else. I mean, I, no. I guess she had some bodyguards that you saw yeah. for like, like half a second. If the GM was in on it like fully, then like maybe like he would have known that Taylor was the key. He could have just traded Taylor in midseason. Yeah. Especially if he was winning. Oh, we yeah. got draft picks. We're trying to get younger. Yeah. Let's trade. Let's trade Taylor for draft picks. Yeah. Let's trade Willie Mays Hayes for a minor leaguer. This you know, has that to kind be a one, right? It's got to be yeah. a one. There, yeah. There's there's nothing nothing here, right? Yeah. Do you want to give her anything or remove anything for ruthlessness, either plus one or minus one? It's a pretty ruthless no. plan, but I don't think it's worth the bonus. It's point. ruthless to the city, but if, if you think about it, she gave she gave high paying jobs to True. a bunch of ragtag people that like that she gave him a shot to be become major leaguer. So in a way, she kind of helped some down on, down on their luck ball players. 
Unintentionally, right? Unintentionally. Like, totally unintentionally. Yeah. So so if I recap this, she, we gave her a five for her looks slash style. We gave her a one for her hideout slash layer because there really isn't one. We gave her a three for her plan. It's pretty good, but she didn't actually succeed with anything. And then she got a one for a henchman. So what is that? 10 out of 20. 10 out of 20, which isn't bad for a baseball comedy to have a 10 villain. That's not yeah, bad. it's actually not bad yeah. at all. So yeah. I don't know. I would I would actually would have given Taylor like a... Yeah, a much Taylor. higher score there. I don't yeah. know. His plan was to break up a marriage. Well, it, it, it really, it really, it depends on if you if you like his um his sports coats or not. Yeah, whether right. you want to give him a high score for look or style. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He he had that with the. You know what? He had that, and he had the Wrangler jeans and the penny loafers. Yeah. Yeah. The Wrangler jeans and the penny loafers is well, what he's his, got. His his like curly mullet too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he had a sick curly mullet. And uh, one thing I forgot to mention was how about like after after he does the deed with Lynn. After he stalked her from the from the ball game, where he yeah. was in his baseball uniform, he has to walk home, uh, walk a shame in his baseball uniform. Drive home in the in the yeah. in the car. Drive home in the buggy. <laughs> so imagine imagine seeing a baseball player in full uniform driving the bullpen buggy down down Cleveland's Main Street at Base- like at nine a.m. on a Wednesday. <laughs> baseball uniforms are just hilarious looking to me. Anyway, they're pajamas in my opinion. Yeah. It's just yeah. funny to me. And, and by the way, triumphant return of Tom Berenger to the to the last row podcast. Since uh, not since the days of the substitute have we seen such acting prowess. And really, I like to imagine oh, yeah. him with Joey Six. Just, uh, <laughs> He's got good, your six. He's got your back. <laughs> it's a good throwback here. Yeah. I mean, Tom Berenger's great, right? The character's a scumbag, but he he's great. I like him in all these yeah. movies, and it's just like. Recent inductee into the Fat Face Hall of Fame, too, with John Travolta and everybody else. But mm. so, yeah, that does it. A 10 out of 20. Not terrible. Not great. She's fine. I think Behringer's worse. Last question I have for you on this is Did this movie hold up for you? Yeah, it definitely did. Um, and actually, it made me want to watch two and three now. I'm probably going to end up watching them at some point. Got me in the mood for baseball season, man. No, I agree. Yeah, it still held up. It was, like you said, it was more, it was less of a comedy than I remembered. Like it was definitely a comedy, but it was, there was, there's definitely some serious spots too, where I thought it was like 90% comedy. You know what I mean? And it, it was actually like less about the baseball too, in a way, right? Yeah. It was like half baseball, mm-hmm. half relationship. Whereas I think the yeah. second movie is like pretty much all baseball. And I know it's Charlie like, Sheen it's has like a 75, 25 and, and yeah. two. And then three is like all, all baseball. Which I, I like two and three better. I think like yeah. this is a better movie. It's a better yeah. film. But I really like this, and I actually really want to watch two. I love two, and I, we joke about yeah. me liking baseball. Like I don't hate baseball. Mm-hmm. I like these movies too, so I, I think it was yeah. fun. I'm I'm looking forward to the, watching the second one up here. All right, so uh, before we get out of here, Drew, I do have a surprise for you. A quick, I have a quick game for oh, you, man. Drew. It's been a long to, time to like really test your baseball knowledge because I know you know nothing about baseball <laughs> and its it's history. Been a while and its history. So I'm gonna have a little game for you guys called Real Baseball Player or Made Up Name. Oh, man. So, and I want to give a shout out to uh, one of my favorite podcasts um, called Productive Outs. They do a great job with baseball. And I know they're on sort of a hiatus. They, they haven't uh, recorded in over a year, but they're still plenty active on Twitter at, at Productive Outs. So uh, they have a funny ongoing bit where they just make up ridiculous names and transactions. And I feel like that I could use those names with it mixed in with the real names, ridiculous names, and right. test test Drew's ability to decipher, which is which is a fake product of Out's name and which is a actual real baseball player. Let's see if I do better than yeah. Steven Seagal movie or hip hop yeah. album or whatever yeah. we did in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you failed you miserably said. at that game. If that I was hard, correctly. man. Yeah. All right. So 
we'll, we'll wrap it. I know we're running low on time here, so we'll, okay. we'll go through this quickly. Number one, and no need to bleep me out, Drew, Rusty Cunts. Uh, man. Oh, my God. Real baseball player uh, or made-up name? Real. It is correct. Oh, Rusty man. Cunts. That's White Sox, Twins, and Tigers from the 1980s. Jeez. That's an 80s baseball player name yeah. for sure. Uh, what about Razor Shines, Drew? Oh, Razor my God. Razor Shines. Um, fake. Montreal Expos, 1980. That's a good uh, name. How about Borbis Gent, Drew? <laughs> that's that's got to be a fake name. That's, <laughs> that's got to be a fake name. D-G-E-N-T, Gent. Yeah. That's a fake name. Oh, my Correct. God. <laughs> I, I knew you'd get that, but I just wanted to say the word Gent. Yeah, you got to say Gent. Yeah, yeah. How about Urban Shocker? <laughs> Urban Shocker, Drew. Real baseball player or that's made a, up name? That's got to be a fake name. Come on. It is a real name. Played for the Yankees in the 1920s. I, are you keeping my score? Because I'm not. I don't oh, yeah. even know what I am. I'm getting. I am keeping your score. You are. You have two two out of four so God. far. How about Frost Goblin? <laughs> what position a, did Frost Goblin play, Drew? This has got to be a shortstop, right? Like, come on. It's, just, it's a real player. It's got to be, right? Real player? That's a fake player. Uh, Made up. Not, see, now I'm getting in my own head. Yeah. What about Oil Can Boyd? <laughs> real? A real player pitcher oh. for the for the Red Sox, Expos, and Rangers in the eighties. I, I guessed on that one completely. What about Hugo Jumaji? <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad laughing because it's like could be someone's real name. Yeah. Uh, real? That's fake. Oh, not not even close. That's a good one. How about Gary Nards? That, that's a real one. It's got to be. That's fake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just guessing at this point. Coco Crisp. That's a real name. I know that one. You know that guy? Outfielder, 2000s. A's and Royals. Yeah, I remember that name. Yeah. Hugo Jumanji is a great name. <laughs> Hugo Jumanji. <laughs> I still like Borbus Gent. <laughs> what about Itchy Legato? Oh, my God. Uh, fake? Fake name. Uh, Does not exist in real life. Itchy what Legato. About, what about Kermit Huge? Uh, real. Fake. Uh, Kermit is a great name. What about one of my favorites, Boof Bonzer? Fake? That's, that's a real name. Oh, my Twins, God. Twins, Red Sox, A's, 2000s. I have no idea who. So, yeah, I really don't know any baseball players. I know Coco so, Crisp. So he's he's relatively recent. What about Goose Gossage? <laughs> that's a great name. Uh, real. It is real. Oh. Uh, Yankees, Padres, 70s through the 90s. He had a long career. Man, that's a, that's a good name. What about Stubby Clap? Stubby Clap or Clap? Clap. Clap. Yeah. Oh, my God. A fake. That's real. Cardinals <laughs> in the 90s. Jeez. <laughs> is that a Cas- nickname? Stubby, is that a nickname? <laughs> Some are nicknames, but like they go by the names. Yeah. Like if you if you bought their baseball card, his card would say Stubby Clap. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we go to Casper Fupa. Casper Fupa or Fuba? Fupa. A fake F-U-P-A. name. That's a fake name. <laughs> That's a fake name. <laughs> That's a fake name. <laughs> what about Stroke? I know what a, lo- a Fupa is. <laughs> what about Stroke Longwood? Baseball player, porn star, or fake name? Oh my. Stroke both. Longwood. Uh, both. Stroke <laughs> Is he a is he a baseball player that is a porn star? <laughs> I don't know. Fake, fake name. Oh man, what about Do- Johnny Dickshot? <laughs> that's that's real. It's got to be porn, porn star or <laughs> he's <porn> real. Star. <laughs> he's real. Johnny Dickshot. Uh, Padres, Giants, and White Sox in the thirties and forties. He also went by Ugly, so ugly? they called him they called him Ugly Dickshot. Man, that's messed. What up. about what about Succulent Fleming? Fake. It's got to be that's definitely a fake name. Succulent. That was, that was gimme. 
That was so, good. Oh my, what is my is my score? Like I've got to be under five. I don't know. Easily. I'll have to add it. I'll have to add it up at the end. You're close. What about Tug Duck Butter? Tug. <laughs> It's fake. Come on. <laughs> There's a lot of tugs out there, but it is fake. It is fake. Tug Speedman. Yeah. And the last one, we got Dick Pole. That's a real name. I know that, that name. Yep. That's a real name. Red Sox in the My 70s. uncle used to talk about that guy all the yeah. time. Dick Two, Pole. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You got 12 out of 20, which is Are still you failing. Still failing, but it's that's over 50%. That's better than I thought. Yeah. That's a good one, man. Not bad. Oh not bad. God. Not bad. Good work. Hugo Jumanji. <laughs> this is such a good name. Itchy Legato, Gary oh, Nards. That's a and really un- good one. The underrated Frost Goblin. So, <laughs> that was awesome. So if you love fake names, then please check out uh, At Productive Outs. I'll they, put the they have, link in the show They have a whole notes. ton of them, so th- they're awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, thank you for indulging me in the things Dude. that I think is funny, and uh, you did a great job. That was fun. Thanks for bringing the games yeah. back. I know I, we did the, the, the awards and then the episode 100. I forgot the person. Someone wrote in and asked for more games. So thank you for, for yep. promi- Try to sneak. living up to the promise. Try to sneak more in this Man, so if you guys are enjoying the show, definitely let us know. Send an email, thelastrowpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at us at the Last Row Pod. Leave a comment on the Facebook page or the episode's show notes episode page. And if you're new to the show, please hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcaster is. And if you're enjoying the show, please consider giving us a five-star review out there. Thanks, everybody, that did so so far. We'll be back in two weeks on Thursday, April 15th. This one, this was fun, man. I had a good time. Was it? It was fun. It was. Even though it was baseball, it was fun. You know, I, I, you know, I was reading. I was reading a hustler as we were. As we were doing it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, are so. you in a public space right now? Are you on? Are you on a, a, a plane? So, is, is it? Can you? Can you like read a Playboy on the plane? And is that like acceptable? If I don't know why. Not acceptable. Yeah, I don't but know do you, why. Like, page, do you page past the center balls quickly to get to the? I think I don't know why Playboy two is more sophisticated than Hustler. Like Hustler seems more like smart to me. Like, yeah. Let, let me ask you this: was, was it acceptable to read a Maxim magazine? I think so. Maxim. It's basically Playboy. It's Playboy, but with 